I'm Nicole Gilbert, and this is the Stop Scrolling, Start Sewing podcast. Each Wednesday, join me as I share the ins and outs of that quilt life. If you don't have a sewing machine, can bust out a pretty fly Y seam, or you're just looking for the latest quilty news, this is the podcast for you. Nicole here and welcome to season three episode 15 of the Stop Scrolling Start Sewing podcast. Whether you're listening to me on your way to work or you're watching on YouTube, thank you for spending a bit of your day with me. Okay, so I've talked about it in the last two episodes, but I just wanted to remind those of you who uh, haven't listened to them yet. Also, what are you doing? Go listen to them. Um, These episodes over the holiday season are going to be a little bit shorter, like 20 minutes or so, uh, because I want you to listen, be inspired, learn something, and then go spend time with your family, okay? So this episode of the podcast, I want to talk about washing and caring for your quilts. Okay, so I don't know how you do laundry at your house. But as many of you know, I have three boys and they're all elementary school age. So, and they all play sports. And so in my house, if it ain't cotton, we don't wear it because I don't have time. I don't have time for that. Um, Also, lots of grass stains, um, lots of weird stuff. Side note, sports uniforms, weird, just lots of weird stuff happening in my laundry. And what I choose to do with my laundry is take everything and mix it all together, wash it on cold with super pretty smelling fabric softener because, like I said, three boys, um, and kind of cross my fingers and let go and let God uh, (laughs) because that's what I do. That's for our laundry. My quilts, now those are a different story. Uh, some might argue, you know, hey, you spend all this time with your quilts, you should take very good care of them. Some people might say, hey, you spend all this time with your kids, you should probably take really good care of them too. I do take good care of them, just not their clothes. So how do we wash our quilts? Before I get into like the breakdown of exactly what I do, um, I will also say when I gift a quilt, I include a little card that lists care instructions. So everything that I'm about to say, I write down on a little card for them because I want it to be used. I don't gift show level quilts, like quilts that are just so incredibly spectacular that we don't even want like anybody to touch them. No, those aren't the kind of quilts. I, when I gift a quilt, it is to be loved and bunched and snuggled under. I want you know, people to be warm in them. I want people to cuddle up on the couch with them. I want them to sit on it as they open their Christmas presents. Like I want, I want memories to be made with those blankets. Like, you know, we all know like what pattern of corning wear we had when we were little, you know, did you have the little blue flowers or did you have the little like puke orange, like Byzantine thing around it? Like, because that's part of our memories as a child. 
sitting around the dinner table with our family and then you see those plates and you're like, oh my gosh, this brings me back. Those are the kinds of memories I want attached to my quilts that I gift. So I want them used. If you use a quilt, you gotta wash a quilt because three boys, gross, just gross. So this is a little different if it's a quilt that you've personally made versus one that you may have been gifted. So if you have found this podcast episode because you Googled how to care for and wash a quilt, first of all, welcome. Second of all, do you have a sewing machine? I'd love to help. Uh, and third of all, listen up because I'm going to say how some steps that you do if you just are like, I have no idea to do with this thing. Okay, so the first thing you should do is check for bleeding. Now, if this is a quilt that you've made, you know where the fabrics came from, you know kind of what's going on there, you see the color variations and all that and you think you're good, you can go ahead and skip on to the next step. If this is a quilt that you were gifted and you don't know what kind of fabrics were used, um, I've talked about this in the past, not all fabrics are created equally because not all fabrics are finished the same way. And the finishing project pro process, blah, the finishing process is incredibly important when it comes to making sure our colors are steadfast and don't bleed. So when in doubt, do this test I'm about to say. What I do is um, I take a little cup of cold water, cold water, and I take a white cloth, like a white, you know, you get them, you can get the stacks of them at a big box retailer of like 10 of them for like three bucks, you know what I'm talking about? Those little white face cloths or whatever. I take one of those, I dip it in the cold water, and I rub the fabric. And then I move to a different part of the little cloth and rub the next fabric and so on and so forth until I've tested all of the fabrics. And then I look at the cloth because it's a white cloth, remember? If it's still white, you're good to go. If it has bled, meaning if there's colors, like you rubbed it on red fabric and now there's like a little red or pink splotch, that means that it's gonna bleed if you wash it, okay? So don't wash it. This is where we pump the brakes and we take this lovely handmade quilt that you've been gifted or inherited and you go over to your dry cleaner and you say, please launder this. That is a dry clean only quilt. Unless you use a color catcher, which I will tell you in a minute, but it's not for the faint of heart. So, uh, so if it's white, you're good to go. If it's got color transfer, we need to pump the brakes. Uh, if it comes back just brown, wash your quilt. <laughs> you gotta wash your quilt, that's it. So <laughs> uh, that's, that's how that lands. Now I just said pump the brakes. Don't put it in your washing machine, meaning don't just put it in your washing machine. Now, this will be a little bit of a bravery thing. Personally, I'm pretty confident in myself and understanding the hand and feel of cottons. And so like, I'll be like, mm, you know what? It's not gonna be that big of a deal. A little color came off, but I'm gonna throw a color catcher into the wash with it. And color catchers you can find in the laundry aisle with by like, fabric softener sheets and detergent, all that in the laundry aisle at the supermarket, color catchers. You throw a few into the washing machine with you and some magical Merlin nonsense happens inside of the washing machine and all the color 
that is in the water that could redeposit itself in the wrong places on the quilt instead somehow gets suctioned away and only lands on this little sheet. I usually throw like a handful of them in just to be sure. Uh, so that's, that's something that you could do. Now, when you are washing, I suggest gentle cycle, cold water, and a mild detergent. So I have a special quilt detergent, but the only reason why I have a special quilt detergent is because three little boys. And so three little boys require like some serious heavy duty detergent. Like they are not seventh generation, honest company, <clears throat> froofy stuff. This is like one step from dishwasher detergent, scrub it down kind of stuff that I need to use with their clothes. I don't want to use that on my quilts. For my quilts, uh, you can actually get something called quilt wash, which will be at your uh, favorite local quilt shop. Or I just use seventh generation. Uh, you can get it at the uh, in the laundry aisle. It is like a super mild, uh, all natural, hippy dippy a little, but that's okay. Every once in a while, a little hippy never hurt anybody. Um, laundry detergent. And so that's what I use. So recap, do the water test with a white cloth. If it's white, you're good to go. If there's color transfer, either dry clean, or if you're brave, use a color catcher. And if your cloth comes back brown, you just gotta wash it. Like, like stop, like stop wrapping it around your body. <laughs> it's, it's dirty. Um, we're gonna wash on a gentle cycle. We're gonna use cold water, use color catchers if you'd like, and always use a mild detergent. Okay, so that is how we're going to wash our quilts. Now, this is assuming your quilt is made of cotton. Did you hear me? This is assuming your quilt is made of cotton. Uh, some of our lovely ancestors, I'm thinking of my grandmother right now because like that lady loved her some pink satin, like loved pink satin and she was a sewer. Um, not a quilter or anything like that. We never sewed together. It wasn't like that kind of a thing, but she was crafty and sewed. Um, and I remember it from when I was very little, uh, but she made, she made these satin bed sheets. They cracked me up. Um, I'm just thinking about these, these pink satin bed sheets with these like green ruffle. Anyway, um, some of these lovely quilts that you may inherit have different fabrics on them. And then you have to take that into consideration as well. Uh, would you, if you had a blouse made of that material, how would you wash it? Because that might be different than what I'm saying right now. So you have to take that into consideration as well. When it comes to drying, if you live in a dry environment, you can line dry it or just hang it over the banister in your deck or you know what I mean? Caveat. Not if it's super sunny. And we'll talk about light damage in a little while. But not if it's super sunny. Uh, but you could just line dry it. I tend to just put it into my dryer on a tumble, like really light tumble. I don't use high heat because uh, I don't want any excessive shrinking happening. Some people love that crinkly, crunkly feel. I'm not a big, I'm not, I don't know. I like a little bit of it, but not like a lot of it. Uh, and so lower heat settings 
and tumble helps helps with that. So now we've talked about washing it and drying it. Let's talk about preserving it. And the first thing I'm going to mention is light because I just brought that up about hanging your quilt up outside. Uh, fluorescent lights and ultraviolet lights uh, can cause fading. Um, have you ever, and I'm thinking right now, I'm just like all left, right, and center here. Uh, I'm thinking right now of my couch. I have a beautiful couch that I am just obsessed with. Um, I wish I had gotten it in a slighter, slightly darker color from, again, three boys. But overall, it's a gorgeous couch. And as you all know, um, we're a military family, so we move quite often. And in the house we lived in when we were in New York this, this last time, the couch was under a huge bay window uh, and never noticed anything. It was all good. Then when we moved here to Kansas, uh, the couch now is like free floating in the middle of like a great room kind of situation. And the top two inches where it cleared the lip of that bay window is a lighter color than the rest of the couch because it's sun faded. Uh, and that will happen to your quilts. Um, it can also cause the fibers in the fabric itself or in the thread to become brittle and weak. So how do we avoid this? Now, the reason why this happened to my couch was because my couch sat in the same spot for three years. Happens. Okay. But when it comes to our quilts, if we're leaving them out, we want to move them and rotate them. Uh, you know, the one, what I, if you're somebody who likes to put your quilts over the back of your couch, switch that out every month or two months. Okay. Uh, if you're somebody who's got a cuddle quilt that's over your ottoman, you know, just move it. Just, just move those quilts. Wall hangings should not be hung for more than a, a year or so. I'd like it to be way less than that, but I kind of understand that not everybody is like fanatical like me with all the things. Um, but you just don't want it to be exposed to direct sunlight for a prolonged period of time is basically what I'm saying. Direct sunlight. And even like here, you may notice, like I usually have like a quilt on the wall, but it's always different. So that's getting changed out because I have big studio lights. I wouldn't want my quilts underneath these studio lights for extended periods of time. So just got to keep in mind what the environment is, what your lighting situation is, and plan accordingly. Okay, next up is acid. I know, right? Um, there's a lot of acid in the world. Um, there's acid in paper, cardboard, plastics, unfinished woods. So like, like shelves, drawers, trunks. Um, all of these things slowly release an acid, which means over time, we're talking about quilts specifically, but I'm going to mention fabric in a second, um, like our fabric uh, stock. Over time, if you put a quilt folded up inside of a, a wooden chest, let's say you've got like a, you know, a hope chest or something and you have quilts in there, over time, your quilts will start to discolor even though you've kept them out of the sunlight and it's the acid in the wood. Now, some woods are great for this. I always forget which ones they are. If you remember, drop it in the 
comments of the video uh, on YouTube so that I can read about it because I would appreciate it. <laughs> but we need to keep that in, in mind. So when we're storing, we want to make sure that wherever we are storing it, um, we are being mindful about, about, you know, keeping it in contact with the surface for a prolonged period of time. Now, when it comes to our fabric stock, I like to use um, comic book boards. So I make these little mini bolts with wrapping my fabric around a comic book board. Now, comic book boards are acid-free. They're archival quality. They're made that way so that collectors of comic books don't have their comic book pages discolor and get brittle over time. But that helps us with our fabric too. So I just wanted to let you know that if you're wondering like, how should I do that? Um, for my students, I've taught them how to fold and I use that exact same folding method. I just keep a comic book board in the, in the middle to keep them nice and rigid and straight. Um, now you can, if you're like, but I, I need to put it somewhere. I don't want to leave them on a shelf. You're saying don't put them on shelves. These things can't float. One thing I have started doing is putting them inside cotton pillowcases. Um, or, you know, like, and this is, will depend on the size of your quilts, the, the size of the project we're talking about. But when you buy sheets now, instead of coming in plastic bags, they come in like little flip top fabric holders that are like made of the same material as the sheets. I would love to see the cost analysis on that packaging, but again, neither here nor there. Uh, but those are also great for storing stuff. Uh, really, you just want it to go into cotton and have some sort of barrier between itself and the surface that it's sitting on. Okay, so now we're talking about like storage storage because we we're talking about like, you know, where we're gonna put stuff. Let's talk about folds and creases. And this drives me bananas, but this also drives me bananas because I am a traveling educator. So I go to shops and retailers and events and conferences, and I've got my quilts folded up in my suitcases, which means I get creases. So we have to think about how to avoid these creases. Spoiler alert. Um, some battings will say right on the packaging, like, prevents creases and it's because there's 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 like a blend to it it's not just like straight cotton um but that's something to keep in mind if you like you know when we buy like shirts and you're just like I love it because it's no wrinkle like my husband had this pair of pants uh this pair of dress pants that he wore uh when he was uh doing his MBA and it was like his favorite pair of pants because they didn't wrinkle behind the knees like it's like the batting version of that like it just doesn't hold a wrinkle which is kind of cool but uh, ways to avoid this is refolding. So we fold it, we fold it in one direction, and then we, after two months, we unfold it. You'll see some creases. And then you refold it with the fold in a different direction. So let's say you folded it, you know, in half and then half again. Maybe the next time you hold fold it in a triangle and a triangle and you could do like a tricorn, whatever. Just so that we don't create crease muscle memory, we're changing those creases up, okay? 
if you are somebody who has the storage space, uh, what I do, and I'm actually looking like a, at a huge roll up right here, I have these giant rolls of quilts depending on what I'm teaching. The one right over there is for scrappy applique. And so like my biggest quilt is on the outside and then I have stacked up all my other quilts and then it's a giant roll and it looks like a carpet roll. Um, and when it's rolled like that, it doesn't get creases at all because there is there is no crease, it's rolled on itself. And it's thick enough that even the smallest one doesn't get any creases in it, which is pretty cool. Um, so that's another thing to think about with that. Um, and then our final bit is keeping out mold, mildew, and must. Now, I've talked about this with my fabric storage. I always put my fabric stock that's like scraps in open top bins with breathable holes in it so that we can let air circulate. The biggest thing is we wanna let the air circulate. We don't wanna trap moisture. So we don't wanna put anything in anything that doesn't breathe. So please don't store them in like big Rubbermaid totes. Um, that's It's just not gonna be great for it. Uh, we wanna make sure it's in an area that breathes. Uh, avoid storing them in your basement, especially if you live in a very damp climate. Um, uh, also garages. Uh, we just, nowhere where you're like, mm, is that growing something? If it's an area of your house where you think something could grow, we do not want to store our quilt there. That's pretty much, that's, that's my guidance on that. <laughs> All right, folks. So we today have talked about how to wash and dry your quilts and what things we want to try to avoid when storing our quilts. And those things are light, acid, folds and creases, and mold and mildew. If you have any questions, drop them in the video description on YouTube because I wanna hear them. All right, folks, you have just finished another episode of the Stop Scrolling, Start Sewing podcast. Thanks for hanging out with me and make sure you never miss an episode by hitting subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or hit subscribe on YouTube. And if you have a moment, please leave a review on your favorite podcast provider. It helps more listeners find me to join in on the fun. Now stop scrolling and start sewing. 